0: Chilling truth. And that's why I, I to my I, I had to face what I had done ever. He killed 33 times. I'm a king, man. I decide who does what and where they do it at. Okay, so next time you see me. I will kill you. Okay, let's do this, dude, because we're two weeks late right now. I know, right. Fuck. I
1: haven't been this late uh, on an
0: episode in a long time. I bl- I blame education. Then...
1: What? Why?
0: I, I blame the want to move forward in life.
1: I blame you backing up from your microphone a little bit because you sound like Darth Vader.
0: That, but that's always how I've sounded. No, it's not. I am your father.
1: Please back up from the microphone a bit. <laughs>
0: What about
1: now? That's cool. perfect. That's way better. Okay. Um. Let me just get situated here. I should already be situated because we're recording. God damn it. Okay, so hello, everybody. Welcome to The Chilling Truth. I am Corey. I'm joined by Chris, and we are so sorry um, <laughs> that we didn't have an episode for two weeks. Uh, let me explain really quick, and then we're going to jump right into the creepy Reddit. I know you guys have been waiting for it, and I'm so sorry, but so... We recorded the episode on time. We recorded it early, actually. We recorded it like a week early, or no, like maybe like three or four days early. I don't remember, but we recorded it early. And I, as the incredible audio engineer that I am, I had to restart my computer at some point. And it was like, Do you want to save? And it said, I didn't save it as a new document, as a new uh file and so it said the all, the episode that we did last time it was like Waco or something and I was like no I already saved this I don't need to save it and I clicked don't save and then poof, it, everything we did was gone It's just di- disintegrated into the megabytes or whatever and then after that I talked to Chris and I was like hey dude I fucked up we need to re-record and he's like well I'm going to be gone for like fucking like a week and a half or you were gone for like a week you're out for a long time
0: was that for a week,
1: dude. Yeah, like where he couldn't record at all. And so we tried to figure something out. He was going to like read his parts and then like send it to me, but then I was like, "No, it's not going to work out right." So we just said, "Fuck it. Made you guys wait. Uh I'm sorry again. If I had some free stuff to give you guys, I would. I do. I have stickers. If you really are that upset, please let me know and I will send you some stickers for free. Um but other than that, there's nothing I can really do for you. We're here now. We're going to get through this episode and it's going to be Great, and it's not going to happen again. Actually, I'm not going to make that promise. I can't promise that it's never going to happen again, but I'm going to try to make sure that it doesn't happen again.
0: Could you imagine? It's Like, oh, you didn't you didn't fulfill his promise. I want more stickers.
1: I'm running out. Okay, so this week we're doing Creepy Reddit. Uh, this is supposed to be the episode for last week, obviously, but we're going to do it again. Uh, same stories. Everything's going to be the same. Uh, and next week we'll have something different. So I'm going to start... Uh, And this one is about a, I think, potential uh, child predator. I'm not entirely sure. That seems what it's like. Seems like it's definitely a person you don't want around your children, I would say. Uh, And his name's Dr. Ramsey, not to be confused with the great Chef Ramsey. So here we go. A week or so before my 10th birthday, I walked to the corner store with a $5 bill and picked up a jar of ragu for my mom. On my way home, a man I'd never seen before fell in step with me and began talking. Hi, he said cheerfully. My name is Dr. Ramsey. I'm a pediatrician. Do you know what a pediatrician is? I walked along silently, not replying, and fervently hoping he would take that as a sign he should leave me alone. subtleties were not his strong suit, though, because he kept right on chattering. Are your parents looking for a pediatrician for you? Of course, you're almost a big girl now. You'll, need, you'll be needing another kind of doctor soon, won't you? That's okay, though. They can still bring you to me until then. What's your name? You have beautiful hair. I was just on my way to get some suckers for the candy jar in my office. Do you like suckers? Thankfully, we were nearing my house, so I ran forward, up the back steps, and in in through the kitchen door. I didn't know it then, but that was the beginning of a very long, very scary ordeal. It didn't take long after that for quote-unquote Dr. Ramsey to begin showing up. (coughs) Sorry. At first, it seemed benign enough, at least to a kid. He would drive by nearly every day, smiling and waving. I told my mom, who said maybe it was on his way home from work. But then, the phone calls began. My dad called me into the living room and sat me down. He asked about the day Dr. Ramsey followed me home and if I talked to him. He said I wasn't in trouble, but that I needed to tell him the truth. I told him no, and he asked me if I was sure. Could I be forgetting something? I told him no again, and he frowned. Then asked, then how does he know your name? I didn't know. It turns out that was not all he knew. He knew my sister's name as well. Pretty soon, neither my sister nor I were allowed to answer the phone. He called several times a day. At first, neither of us knew what he was saying. Then one night, one of my brothers told us that he was telling my parents that he was going to hurt me, and later my sister. Things got complicated after that. My dad had called the police, but at at, th- at this... What the fuck? <clears throat> it's missing a word or something. My dad had called the police, but at this was before there were any stalking laws. There was not a lot they could do. They told my parents to call back if he quote-unquote tried anything. My dad then called a friend of his from back in the day who happened to be a cop. For the next month, my dad's friend escorted me to and from school. Suddenly, life as I knew it came screeching to a halt. I couldn't walk to school alone. I couldn't play outside. I couldn't walk to Super America, which was sort of like a 7-Eleven for those of you who don't know. When access to me was completely denied, things escalated. It was around this time he began threatening my sister as well. Then one afternoon, my sister, two of my brothers and my mom and I were in the kitchen. One of my brothers saw a glimpse of someone in the garage and they'd seen him too. Dr. Ramsey came bolting out of the garage, my brothers chasing after him. They ran all the way to Cherokee Park where where they lost him in the trees. My parents called the police again, but nothing came of it. The only information they had was a description and a name that was almost certainly fake. A couple of weeks later, we woke to find our dog hanging from the side porch. She was a gorgeous saddleback German Shepherd born the same day I was. We were all devastated. The cops said there was no evidence it was him and ruled it accidental, but none of us believed that. His phone calls became more informative in the meantime. He would talk about who was home and who wasn't. If my brothers would say my dad was home, he would tell them them who was really in the house. He also would talk about the house itself, about the window in the kitchen. He could easily open with a knife from the outside, even when it was locked. And about the French doors that connected the living room to the side porch, and how the lock could be finagled from the outside if you jiggled it just right. That night, my dad put in some carpenter nails at the bottom of the French doors until he could get a new lock ordered. My parents had to go to a company event for my dad's work. My older brothers were at a, were at Saint's West Roller Rink. My sister was on the phone with her best friend, and my little brother was on the floor asleep. I was watching Devo on the midnight special with Wolfman Jack. It was late. Suddenly, the top of the French door swung inward, and in the few milliseconds before the nails on the bottom caused them to snap back, I could see his silhouette. My sister whipped the phone at the television, and we ran up the stairs. About halfway up, we realized our little brother was still asleep on the living room floor. As quietly as we could, we slipped back down the stairs to get him. We all went into our bedroom and didn't turn on the light. This whoa hold on <clears throat> sorry i lost my place we all went into our bedroom and didn't turn on the light this was this way we could only see outside we watched out the window for a while and when we didn't find him we crept back down the hall to our brother's room to look we looked down and could see someone standing at the back door he knocked loudly what do you want my sister asked out the window he stepped back and said, Is this the Mercy residence? I have a pizza for delivery. Can you come to the door? She scoffed at him, declaring he was nuts. she was not stupid. She could see he didn't have a pizza, and she was calling the cops. And so he left. A short while later, my brothers returned home. We told them what happened, and they walked around the yard watch- watching for him. They came back in, and things settled down. By now, we'd pretty much given up calling the cops because it never helped. So we just went back in. Each of us, except my youngest brother, who was still asleep. Uh, We were all carrying a knife from the kitchen, just in case. Eventually, one of my brothers went into the kitchen to get a bowl of cereal as a snack. You know that sensation you get when you can just feel someone watching you? Yeah, he had that in spades. He kept looking around the kitchen, through the doorway, into the dining room, and at the windows. He didn't see anything, but he could still feel eyes on him, so he went closer to the door to try to see better. The kitchen lights were reflecting on the windows of the door. It had three rows of three windows, so he still couldn't see. He stepped closer, then closer again until he was right up to the door, then cupped his hands on either side of his head so he could see. There on the other side of the window pane was Dr. Ramsey, smiling back at him. He turned to yell for my older brothers, and when he looked back again, he was gone. They went out again to look for him but didn't see him. The next night we were at a table, we were at the table playing Crazy 8's and my brother was restless. My sister asked him what's wrong and he said he always felt like any minute now there would be a boom 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 on the door or window. Almost immediately after he finished his sentence, boom 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 on the window right behind him. In the chaos the two eldest ran out but he was already gone. A couple of weeks later I was at school and we were outside on the playground during recess. I was swinging upside down when I saw that now familiar blue Ford Galaxy cruising by, moving slowly. There he was, smiling and waving. He called my name and I ran to the teacher and told her. The school had been told all about him and she took me inside right away and called my mom. The same day my mom had gotten a call from the school office asking her to verify that my dad was picking me up as he had called to say he was on his way, but he wasn't. Not long after that I woke up one night thirsty. I went down to the kitchen for a drink, and there, sitting alone in the dark, was my dad. On the table, a gun. He was tired of the police waiting until Dr. Ramsey tried something. He was tired of his children being terrorized. He was tired of being afraid every time he left for work that something would happen to us while he was gone. I sat with him for a time, watching, before he sent me back to bed. These events and many more took place over a period of around 18 months. Then, as suddenly as it began, it was over. He had vanished from our lives, the phone calls, the drive-by, with the creepy waves, everything. For a long time during and after the Dr. Ramsey days, I would have a reoccurring nightmare in which I would wake up to find him standing over me as I slept. It took a long time before I felt like a kid again. I found out years later that he was calling Dr. Ramsey to tell my parents that he was going to rape and kill me and later my sister, and that there was nothing they could do about it. I don't know what happened to him when he disappeared. I don't know if he was in a car wreck, locked in prison, in a coma. But sometimes I wonder if the wait ended for my dad when he was sitting in the darkened kitchen one night. I don't know, and I'm not sure I want to. That last part, are they saying that maybe their dad killed him? Maybe the dad killed Dr. Ramsey? I would hope so, in all honesty. Me too. Just blast that fucker, man. Like, I mean... mean it's, that's why you have a gun in the house, to protect your your house from creepy dudes like this.
0: I think it was on the first recording of this, we talked how booby-trapping was illegal.
1: It's very illegal, and you can't do that, Chris. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's, it's actually, you can't. I'm sorry. It would be cool, I mean, but.
0: It would be cool. Just like a little spike pit on your porch.
1: Yeah, who wants, yeah, that'd be great. Just put a welcome mat over it, and then when he steps on it, he falls through it, right? Exactly. Okay Indiana Jones Are you ready for the next story <laughs> um, Cause you're up to... <laughs> Alright
0: cool 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 Let's see what we got <clears throat> I was driving a friend home Late at night I was around 21 She lived in a pretty rural Area outside of St. Louis Missouri And about a quarter mile from her house Was an old abandoned farm And of course farmhouse I always thought of this place as non-threatening as she told me she and her two sisters would go there as kids and they found an attic full of cool things, including a trunk of vintage women's clothing and old love letters. Like something out of a movie. Anyway, I'm driving her home and it's a hot, humid Missouri summer and we have the windows open as the late night had offered some cool air. We are also singing at the top of our lungs. we pass the abandoned farm, and I drop her off at her house. I wait long enough to see her, see that she makes it inside, and I head back out the way I came. I'm driving along, and I get to almost where the farm is, and I see two things in the road. My danger meter goes off, and I, as I had just driven this road, and there was nothing there. I get closer and realize the items are two car batteries, spaced out on the road in the way that I have to get out and moved them to drive on the road. I immediately knew I wasn't getting out of the car, so I picked the side of the road that had the lesser ditch and gunned it. I was driving a little SUV and remember feeling the car run over some branches and things in the little ditch. But I just gunned it and I got out of there. All the way home, I felt creeped out and I kept checking my rearview mirror. I called a friend my friend the next morning and told her what happened, and we both agreed it was weird. Shortly after this, I moved to another state and didn't think much of it after that. Fast forward two or three years later, and I'm back visiting my hometown. I randomly ran into my old friend, and she ran up to me with wide eyes and grabbed my arms. She asked me if I remembered what I told her that night. I said yes, and she proceeded to tell me that not too long after that, what happened to her family was awakened in the middle of the night to someone pounding on their slide glass door. Her dad went to check and saw two naked, injured women and let them in call 911. They had been abducted, ab- ab- abducted from St. Louis City by two men and brought them into an old abandoned farmhouse where the men tortured and raped them. The women somehow managed to get free and ran to the only light they could see, the light over my friend's garage. They survived, but the men were never caught. There was evidence that the men had been doing the, going there for a while. My friend was convinced they had put the batteries in the road to lure me out of the car. I'm just really glad my gut told me not to get out and move them.
1: I'm always torn between like if someone comes up, I guess it's where you live. We talked about this before, but I'm gonna touch on it again because obviously our listeners haven't heard me talk about it. Um, <laughs> I live in a town home uh it's kinda of like in a neighborhood, so if someone came up to my door and was, like, banging on my door and was like, oh, my God, please help me, and they, like, weren't one of my neighbors, I'd be like, no, dude, like, I'm not letting you in. I'm sorry, but this is, no. I'm, you're knocking at my door to get me to open it so someone can rush in here. Like, I'm way too paranoid for that kind of stuff.
0: It I think it just comes with city living. Like, you don't trust anybody that you don't know.
1: No, I just assume that they're trying to, like, mug me. Are like trying yeah. to hurt me somehow, you know, or but what if they're like what if they're super fans? we don't have those.
0: Like, I'm sorry, we barely have yet.
1: regular fans,
0: hey, do all you fans out there, regular, super, or just you know, I think you're all super yeah. you're you're all you're all family, <laughs>
1: okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and move on to the next story that we have here, um. This one's not really too scary, it's just a little creepy, I guess, and kind of eerie, and kind of like a what-the-fuck sort of thing. My friend and I were going through a more secluded part of the woods off the trail. We planned to head back soon since the sun was setting and shadows were getting longer. I know it doesn't sound like much, but understand that everything gets creepier when you're surrounded by miles of forest. Then we noticed it. In the distance was a small wooden platform a bit run down. It looked like a man-made structure, completely out of place, and I'd never seen anything like it. I remember we approached with caution and even radioed it in. Apparently, nobody had ever seen it before or knew what we were talking about. We didn't have to get very close. The The smell hit both of us like a freight train. It felt like I was going to puke. There are no words to sufficiently describe how foul it was. It was the scent of rotten flesh and death, but millions of times worse. At that point, we were both seriously spooked and decided to leave since it was getting late. Plus, we'd already reported it anyway. I found out that when the rangers checked, they discovered a couple things. First, the scent was actually caused by several mutilated small animal corpses ravaged and left to rot around the mysterious platform. Next, they collected several bear traps surrounding it. Even though there are no bears here. They uprooted the platform and found the entire thing was a trap, basically. Uh, because the boards were weak and a deep pit had been dug underneath it with metal shards waiting at the bottom. I know what it was. You fucking did this, didn't you? You built this in the woods.
0: Yeah, you, I mean, you—you caught me. At, yeah. At, at the end of the the I fuck, dude. Like, creepers live in the woods, so hmm. I'm gonna trap their house so they don't come to my house.
1: Right, yeah, that logic
0: is airtight. I mean, if if you really look at it,
1: no. You win <laughs> I don't think so, bud. I'm so sorry. Um, I mean, no, but uh, have you ever heard of staircases in the woods? Uh, I've, I don't know a lot about it, but I've heard that it's like a creepy phenomenon that happens. Um, I don't know the entire. I shouldn't have even brought it up. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything about it.
0: I. So yeah. So like supposedly like, it's like you climb to the staircase and you, it almost like transports you to like. Other dimensions, other realities.
1: Oh, that's kind of dope, actually.
0: Yeah, but they're not like realities or dimensions you want to go to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's not cool. Um, no. One a while back, I was uh, Elsa was out of town. I was home by myself, and I just got like this overwhelming sense of anxiety because I started thinking about parallel universes and how like no, listen, shut up. No, there's a parallel universe. Cause, so the way I I believe it is. There's parallel universes, and in another universe, everything you said no to in this universe, you said yes to in that universe. Okay? You following me so far?
0: Okay, I'm here.
1: I've probably talked about this before, but just think about how different your life would be. Like, how fucking crazy is that to think every single thing that you've said yes to, you said no to in your other universe. In your other universe, dude, you could be living totally completely different, you gotta be living a different life.
0: I probably would have graduated college.
1: Yeah, yeah. Probably not. I wouldn't have joined the military. You wouldn't have either. No, no. We wouldn't know each other. Oh, no. I never would have moved to Phoenix. I never would have done any of those. I never would have done anything that I've done now. But that also means that, like, if your parents are also living that same thing, there's an alternate universe where you don't even exist. Right? It fucks you up, right? And then get no, this, like and then when you have deja vu, you and your alternate universe self are at the same point in life. That's why it feels like you've done this before.
0: Oh, don't do that to me. Dude, right? I'm telling you. See, you know what? The anxiety is probably you and your other self becoming sentient of each other.
1: That's possible. Yeah. No, I mean, it's real. it's, anything's possible. That's what's crazy. <laughs> anything's possible. Okay, you ready to get into the next one? Let's go. Also, try to either get closer or talk a little louder, because your your little spikes on my screen are kind of low. What about
0: now? That's better. Stay where wherever Ooh. you are,
1: right there. Stay there.
0: I'm gonna send you a picture later. Okay, great. <laughs> I'm All glad. Right, so, <laughs> this is not my story, but my boyfriend, for the sake of the story, we'll call him Bob, shared this one with me. When he was about 8 to 10 years old he wasn't sure of his age at that point he would receive calls in the house from from some mysterious guy the guy would call when Bob was the only one home before his brother who was 3 years older then him would come back from home, home from school when his parents were still working this guy would curse Bob out and tell him to shut up and do whatever he says the guy told Bob that he knew where he lived he knew where Bob's parents worked, and he knew that Bob was alone. And the guy told Bob that if Bob told anyone that he was calling him, he would kill his parents or him. And guess whichever was more terrifying for that moment. Being the young scared kid at the time, Bob complied and would do things like take off his clothes while on the phone or dance around the living room. Bob didn't tell me the full extent of the stranger's demands but a part of me doesn't really want to know. So Bob entertains this guy for some time, again didn't specify how long, until one day Bob's brother comes home and sees Bob on the phone. Bob's brother asks who is on the phone after getting off the phone and apprehensive Bob finally explains to his older brother the details about this mysterious caller. Now when Bob's older brother found out, the next day he came home early for the call and with a few friends on speakerphone, told the guy to fuck off, and that they would find him with their little posse and make his life hell. Bob lived in a predominantly Italian neighborhood where the mob life was very real. So after they confronted the guy on the phone, the call stopped, and they were never harassed again. Hey, listen here, buddy.
1: You keep fucking calling here. And I'm going to fucking break your fucking legs. Huh? Is like a pretty good Italian accent? It started out a little rough. It did. But I think I grabbed it. I think I got a hold of it towards the end. All right. So for everyone
0: who hates Christopher Walken, you just picture like an older brother Christopher Walken. Like,
1: I mean. <laughs> no, I'd rather picture regular age Christopher Walken pretending to be his older brother because that's even funnier. He's just like 90 years old. (laughs) So break your kneecaps, the way you're talking to my little brother. (laughs) I'll stab you in the face with a soldering iron. (laughs) Fucking Joe Dirt. Oh, I love that movie. No. No, but I definitely feel like this guy had to be close enough to see him. Why I mean why I don't I don't know how else you would be getting off to this kid. You just knowing he's naked, I guess. I don't know. I guess. I have no clue. I don't understand people like that, which I'm glad I don't. I guess it's no. similar to like phone sex. Like you just imagine. Right now. That was really good. Use of overly being being overly close to the microphone. That was really good. And you it also everybody. damaged my hearing even worse than it already is. Oh. No, I just think that um yeah I had a friend who worked as a phone sex operator at some point and she said she made really good fucking money at it. And most of the guys didn't even want to like talk about like sex they just wanted to like talk about their day and like be like oh hey so like you're my girlfriend kind of thing like they wanted like the experience sort of thing it's kind of sad when you think about it fucking losers anyway uh we got one more uh this one's extra super fucking weird uh i don't really understand most of it but uh, we're gonna go ahead and read it anyway i remember having this cookie monster plush that i was obsessed with and would never go to sleep without it If my mom ever tucked me in without it, I would throw a tantrum until I had my best friend. Things started to change when I was about to turn four, though. My mom would wake up and notice I'd be sleeping without the plush, and it would be under my bed. Not thinking much of it, she would just put it back in my bed and let me continue sleeping. This kept going on for a couple of weeks until my mom finally decided to ask me about why Cookie Monster would always be under my bed when she would wake up. I remember saying something along the lines of, he's my friend, he talks to me, and he likes to walk around at night, or some bullshit. Uh, from my perspective, I knew I was talking to Cookie Monster because I could see his eyes. You know, how he has those big white eyes that stick out. And he would talk to me at night and help me go back to sleep when I was scared. My mom played it off as my overactive child's imagination, but it slowly was about to get worse. Over the course of the next couple months, I would have night terrors. Not simple nightmares, I'm talking about full-blown night terrors, so bad to the point I would stiffen up and do nothing but scream as my mom tried to rock me back to sleep. This went on for almost every night. They were so scarring on younger me that to this day, I remember what they were about. I would be laying in bed at night when my Cookie Monster plush would come to life, drag me out of bed, and pull me under it to eat me shit i never stopped getting these dreams until i turned 14 that is how scarring they were about a year from moving out of the house and into a better place my mom would learn the truth behind the whole ordeal she woke up to some noises one night and heard me out in the living room talking to cookie monster now you might expect that i'm going to say she saw me talking to the plush but you're wrong You might expect me to say that I was laying in my bed and only the plush was out in the room, but you would also be wrong. Reality is much, much scarier than any fictional story. What she saw instead is much worse than any paranormal activity shit you could ever see in any movie theater. For instead of a possessed doll, she saw me standing there talking to the dark. My mom instinctively turned on the light and as soon as she did two old guys went running out of the now wide open front door. The only thing I remember from that night was my mom holding on to me for dear life as my dad and the police rushed to the house. The thing that scares me to this day is not the fact that I was talking to two random strangers that night. What scares me to this day is that I was talking to these people for months without knowing it. I was talking to the people who were constantly breaking into my house every night that they were breaking in it for months without kidnapping me or stealing anything from us. What scares me to this day is that I still have no idea what they ever planned to do. Now, I'm going to call bullshit on this last story. The, I just don't... You you don't remember... Ta- I mean, I guess a four-year-old... I'm trying to think of Noah. Um, I guess a four-year-old, yeah, would be probably oblivious to, like, what was actually happening.
0: But after, like, months, they would build a relationship to where he's like, oh, why does this person always show up at night? I feel
1: like they would have told their mom about it as well, be like, so grandpa and grandpa have been breaking in here. And I don't know if anyone else is picturing this, but I'm picturing two of the three Stooges as the two guys. I don't, I have no idea why. probably be, like, Shemp and Curly. Shemp? Is that his name? I thought it was Curly, Mo, and I don't ever remember the last one.
0: Yeah, there's Larry Moe and Curly and yeah. then uh Larry got replaced with Shemp.
1: And they're all dead now. So think about that. Really In this off of some real terror. Uh but <laughs> like, no, I just don't think I don't see how it's possible that the child uh didn't say anything to the parents about these old men even if it was like uh, even if it was like Like, even if it was, like, weird, like, even if the the kid was like, why is grandpa coming to visit me at night? And I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, like, there'd be some kind of breadcrumbs, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, you would think that it's the kid making something up or, like, just talking because kids just talk sometimes. But, no, I just don't see how they never brought it up at all and it was never
0: discussed. And, like, imagine, like, two old guys running... For one.
1: Yeah, and also breaking into the same house. How are they even getting in? They're not breaking a window. You'd know the window was broken. Like, how, like, how, over the months of them breaking in, how is the chances of one of the parents being up at that point and, like, be doing, grabbing something to drink or, like, grabbing a snack, like, something at the same time? Over you Just the the logistics don't make it. I don't see how that, that, you don't cross paths at some point. You know what I mean? They're like, Dr. Ramsey, uh, we need help. <laughs> yeah, we need you to evaluate my child, and then he's, like, molesting him in the fucking back room. Oh, whoa. What?
0: <laughs> I meant, like, the old men are going to Dr. Ramsey for, like, a break-in consultation. Well, technically,
1: Dr. Ramsey never got to break into the house, so really, the old men are doing better than him.
0: Oh, I am I guess, yeah.
1: Dr. Ramsey picked too hard of a target. He should have picked a four-year-old.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. He even picked a whole fucking family.
1: Yeah, he's, like, that's way bit off way more than he could chew. For you. Our family is seven. All right, let's go. I can do this. No one's ever going to get the upper hand on me. Fucking idiot. Um, (laughs) No, I don't know if any of these stories are true. Uh, They could all be fake for all I know. Uh, I definitely don't think the last one is any way real because just doesn't seem logical to me. Uh, The same house breaking in. I don't know. Anyway, so that's this week's episode. I hope you guys liked it. It is a little short, uh, shorter than it normally is. We were trying to kind of rush through it a bit so we could get this out to you guys soon. Um, We'll be back next week with something else for you guys. Um, We hope you enjoy that as well. Uh, As always, be sure to go leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, We haven't gotten a review in like a year, so it'd be nice to know where we're at, uh, what you guys are thinking, because we're just taking shots in the dark every week. Um, And so it'd be nice to hear how you guys feel about the show. I'm actually in the works. Uh, I made a website, For the show, as you guys know, I've been studying uh, software development. Um, And pretty soon you'll be able to go to this website. Uh, You'll be able to log in. Uh, You'll be able to listen to episodes on the site. You'll be able to comment on episodes. Um, You'll be able to rate the episodes on there as well. Uh, And there will also be a page where you can buy our merchandise. So it'll be a one-stop shop for everything Chilling Truth. Um, and it's not really going to be like social media. I'm not going to add a reply button because I don't want you guys fucking arguing or some shit. Uh, maybe later I'll do that. Uh, but I think right now just having people be able to comment is would be good enough. Uh, but anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, be sure to leave that review like we said. And uh, we will catch you guys next week on the Flippity Flip. Later. Okay.